hopefully everyone that's listening and watching this can join you on the solstice can all join mother and be a part of that beautiful that's awesome yeah if you just go to my youtube channel the live stream's already set up so you just click on it and join in it's at uh 4 30 p.m pacific u.s time i'm excited i think it's gonna be awesome i did one on the equinox and it was amazing it was well i didn't do it mother did it on the equinox and it was just incredible so yeah so the more the merrier because this is we're definitely in service to Gaia for this for sure yeah welcome to the inner sanctum online group sessions with Karen Swain this is some highlights from our two to three hour sessions we have each week with myself Karen Swain teaching deliberate creation and once or sometimes twice a month we invite a guest teacher to come in and join us and share their wisdom and we can quiz them and we have a lovely time. Enjoy the highlights and if you'd like to join us online each week, please go to karenswain.com slash inner sanctum and sign up. Hello and welcome to the Inner Sanctum with our special guest for the end of the year, Danielle Gibbons, who channels Mother Mary. Welcome, Danielle. It's wonderful to be here with you and all of your beloved friends in your community. It's great. Thank you so much for, um, I was just telling everyone that I um, normally set the guest speakers for the Inner Sanctum at the beginning of the year and I had left December blank. I just didn't put anybody in. Um, and then when I spoke to you, you know, I reached out to you during the year because we were going through the COVID crisis. And I thought, wonder what mother has to say about all this. And just, you know, during your channeling with mother, it just sort of like, oh, my God, mother has to totally come in or you have to totally come back to the inner sanctum this year as the as the last person guest speaker, I should say, in the inner sanctum, the, you know, the message for the end of the year leading up into a new year. I don't know. These transitions from one year to another always seem to be sort of auspicious in some way. So, um, yeah, I'm delighted to have your energy and mother's energy uh, here for our last speaker this year. Yes, I think that that's a divine timing, divine guidance, divine intervention that set this whole thing up for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm just going to just read a little bit of your bio uh, and then we'll get into your story because I've shared your story on the show and in the Inner Sanctum a few times. But um, for the people that are online that haven't heard it, we're going to go over it again. So here's your bio that I sort of tweaked this morning. A writer, mum, hiker, optimist, lover of nature and all things spiritual, Danielle is a channel for Mother Mary. Danielle's inner awakening came through a trial by fire. The deep dive within began out of depression but quickly became essential to her life. Danielle has been channeling Mother Mary for over 22 years. Is it longer now? Is it longer than 22? Yes, we're, we're at uh, 26 years. Oh now. my goodness, I have to update this. 26, wow. In 1994, <laughs> Mother Mary came to you in a meditation offering the opportunity to channel her. And you said with your whole body, it said yes. And you started by offering this to just friends, but the words quickly spread and you expanded your offering 
to do mother's message for individuals as well as larger groups. After your son was born in 2008, you took the business online so that you could share mother's love and wisdom with people all over the world. And in 2015, mother led you to publish your first book called Mother Mary's Pathway to Love, building a loving relationship with yourself that will transform your life. I want to cry saying that, you know, as somebody that's been in this, doing this work for uh, a long time, 30 years, uh, I can't stress the importance of self-love. I can't stress it. You know, we can talk about channeling and ETs and extra dimensions and the shift and the ascension, you know, with psychic ability, we can talk about all that stuff, which I do on the show and love, but there's nothing more important than self-love and building that, that, that relationship with yourself you now have a vibrant community of amazing individuals from all over the world who you are honored and grateful to serve as you continue to grow in love and light so sit back and make yourself comfortable and tune into the sublime energy that is danielle gibbons and mother mary and unconditional love do you want to just go over quickly your story of your um uh, awakening through the trial by fire for us please sure yeah, just briefly i i remember being extremely happy joyful positive as a child um <clears throat> just um always the optimist and always singing and laughing and just very connected to nature and uh but i have uh, been an empath and a highly sensitive person my whole life. And like a lot of us born into a family that didn't really know how to raise me and in a healthy way as an empath and a highly sensitive person. And so, you know, as I aged, life just got more and more difficult and I, I really did not know how to cope well. So I turned to food a lot, sugar in not just, oh, you know, the average amounts, but in massive quantities. <laughs> and then, you know, not so soon in, uh, into my high school years, started turning to drugs and alcohol and, and um, and at a certain point, I crossed over the line into addiction with my food. Fortunately, not ever with drugs and alcohol. I was able to walk away from that, but not until much later in life when I was um, in my late 20s. Well, yeah, mid to late 20s. And so I, I had to find a solution that was spiritual for my... Um, my addictive behavior with my food and my heavy drug use, my heavy alcohol use, because it was killing me. And there was still uh, that last vestige inside that I really wanted to live and I wanted to thrive. I wanted that happiness again. I wanted that positivity. I wanted that feeling that I knew was my truer self, uh, but had just gotten buried under, you know, an avalanche of, well, just not knowing how to cope really with life. Um, so I did, I was fortunate enough to find my way to uh, some people who were able to help me. And the fact that it was a spiritual solution made all the difference for me. It spoke to me in a way that nothing else really did. Um, it was that spiritual piece that 
helped me to reconnect with myself. And like what Karen was saying earlier, uh, you know, that importance of self-love, it's what saved me that getting reconnected to myself because that's really what felt like it had happened. It felt like I just had all these things that had inserted themselves between me and myself. And that spiritual awakening really helped me to reconnect with myself. And, you know, sadly, in the beginning, I was pretty full of self-loathing and <laughs> a lot of defiance and sort of destructiveness, self-destructiveness. And that took, that took years to start to unwind and, and to shift. Um, and I, mother came to me about, I want to say about a year and a half after I really stepped onto my spiritual path consciously and my recovery and my awakening. So I was, you know, maturity wise, <laughs> I was pretty immature when I started channeling her and pretty young. Uh, so I, every day I'm grateful for having someone, something like Mother Mary in my life um, that helped me to mature in a way that was loving and healthy and kind. Most importantly, she's so kind. And that when I started this path of spiritual, conscious spirituality, I was so far from kind to myself. I did not know how to be kind to myself. I could be kind to other people, but oftentimes there was a real selfish motivation behind it. Like, you know, always trying to get mine. And what about me? And when is it going to happen? You know, when do I get mine? And how can I get mine? And how can I gently shove you out of the way so I can get mine? <laughs> so it was very very selfish, very, a uh, lot of self-centered fears. And to, to be awakened through kindness, uh, that form of love, uh, it worked beautifully for me. I mean, sometimes tough love worked, but mostly I was starved for, for kindness. And that's been the best part I, I feel of, of my journey is that rediscovery of uh, self through kindness and patience and understanding um, that, yeah, that really just saved me. So, and then it's been this lovely, slow growth for the last 26 20. years that, uh, <laughs> I always tell people I'm the tortoise and not the hare. Like it takes me, it takes me a while to get it. <laughs> a, a slow burn. I just want to unpack self-loathing a bit because I, as I'm listening to you, I'm kind of getting some aha moments. I'm asking the question, why do we hate ourselves so much? I have friends, you know, I know people that are amazing galactic channelers that still do self-loathing. So even mm -hmm. though you can have your awakening and channel and stuff, you can still do self-loathing. And yeah. what came to me was, you know, we come from these, this realm of unimaginable peace, love and beauty, beauty and unconditional love. And then we take on a physical form 
uh, intact with the DNA and collective thought forms that we're inheriting from our lineage and the conditions, you know, uh, limitation that we've all been playing with here on planet Earth. And so there must be some part of us that doesn't recognize who we are as these stressful thoughts or yeah. self-loathing thoughts. And instead of saying, oh, cool, I'm a being of light that's going to experience density, <laughs> we kind of say, this is not who I am. I hate this. I hate my body. I hate the, my eye. You know, we start to hate ourselves because we don't recognize it as who we truly are. How do you feel about that? I think you're, you know, you're right on. Um, and I can only speak for myself, but what I find is there were a few factors for me that contributed to my self-loathing. And one was growing up in an alcoholic household. That was not very, as an empath and a highly sensitive person in an alcoholic household, um, it's a, that's a tough go. Uh, and I think we're taught to live from the outside in rather than the inside out. I think that's the whole big shift being on a spirit, a conscious spiritual, you know, journey or a self-growth or self-enlightenment, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's that reality that there is this inner life. There is this inner self, this, uh, you know, this essence that um, I was never taught to acknowledge or anything like that. So my, for me, I was completely outward focused yeah. and as a result i had to depend on you to define me right right was i you, you know I, I watched for cues from everybody outside myself was i okay was i lovable was i acceptable uh was i smart enough was i pretty enough whatever all my my self-worth self-esteem self-image was dependent on people outside of myself. So um, it was, and then being a highly sensitive empath, I was also kind of burdened with a lot of other people's feelings that I thought were mine, but weren't really mine. You know, there were a lot of the people around me. So I grew up in a household with a lot of self-loathing, a lot of adults that had self-loathing. Um, and so it, it was this entanglement of, of outer perception. And it wasn't until I became conscious, as you were saying, of that amazing light that, that just exists inside of me, not something I have to create or earn or you know, go out and find, it's just there. It was a revelation. It was like, what? You mean I, <laughs> I'm sort of my own being, my own creation? It didn't feel that way. I felt utterly dependent uh, on, you know, people's opinion, other people's opinion of me. Yeah, I know. Hallelujah. And especially women, we're so body conscious you know like what we look like you know I have a friend that is as I say an amazing channel uh, but she's in a, an, an overweight older body and even though she can bring through unbelievable streams of light 
she still, you know, resists being in this overweight, aging, painful body. And you say, tell yourself you're beautiful. And she's like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm beautiful. I'm beautiful. But she doesn't believe it. Like, so she's identifying, even though she's, this is the perplexing thing to me, even though she's turned in, you know, turned on, tapped in, tuned in to her source, she still identifies with the body as being her. And I think this is such a strong collective thought form. Mm, uh, sure. And if it doesn't look like this, our idea of what beauty or okay looks like, then we're uh, resisting it. Then we're um, hating on it. Yep. Yeah. Well, as long as long as I let you be in charge of my identity, that's trouble. Mm. You know, that, then I'm headed for trouble. Mm. Uh, as long as I let you decide my self-worth, I'm, I'm in trouble. Mm. Like that's never going to help me thrive that's that's never going to be supportive of me mm. um and i think it's that's been the interesting shift for me is taking responsibility for me mm. you know because in a lot of ways self-loathing was comfortable and it was easy and letting you stay in charge of my self-perception my self-worth that was easy because that's what i knew mm -hmm. but having to take responsibility for myself completely take responsibility for myself like I have to discover my own self-worth you know that's my job that's not your job mm. you're not there to do that for me you know I need to do that for myself that was uh that was that was tough for me I I have to say that was tough because I was scared of what I was going to find right I was scared that once I really went deep and allowed myself to experience myself as I am, I was going to be really disappointed. <laughs> you know, a lot of the old fears would be validated, but that's not what happened at all. But it took me a while to work up the courage, you know, to, to make that deep dive. Deep, for sure. <laughs> the deep dive. And I think that with everyone that's online and whoever's tuning into the highlights uh, that I'll upload to, you know, my platform later, later, um, I don't think we can be truly effective as difference makers and light weavers until we really understand who we are as the light and, yes. and as the love uh, and that that light and love it just allows all things to exist and loves it, you know, mm. all of it, just, just loves all of it. The unconditional means there is no condition where you are not loved. And that's right. <laughs> that's right. That was weird, you know, to start for that with my first experience was with mother when she came to me that for unconditional love, it was like, it was, it was, it took me a while to, to believe in it mm -hmm. because it was so, alien at the time it was just mm -hmm. so different and I couldn't figure out like what does she want what's her angle <laughs> what do I have to you know there's a there's a there's a tit for tat here going on I'm sure I just have to uncover it you know but of course there never was and there never is but <laughs> it was hard for me to relax into that unconditional love and and um and trust it you know Really yes. yes trust it trust it is our truth yeah because we're conditioned as you say we're conditioned due to our family circumstances and and the and the thought forms or the belief systems that we you know incarnate into 
we're conditioned to not trust it. We're conditioned, like, you're being nice to me. What do you want? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And particularly in traumatic homes with uh, alcoholism or abuse, you know, things shift like that. You know, mm-hmm. one, one minute you've, you're being given that love and then the next it's just yanked away. Mm-hmm. And it's very volatile. You're, you always feel like you're on shifting sand. Right. So trust is... Um, Trust has taken me a while to build. Uh, and I'm really grateful that mother came to me when I was so young because it's taken me a really long time to build this faith and this trust that I have today, which I'm super grateful for. Um, but, you know, when you, when you are raised in that uncertainty and always being on guard, that hypervigilance, it's, it takes a while to relax and into that trust. Yeah. yeah. You know where I see this mistrust? It's this rife thought form that if you're doing any sort of spiritual work and you're not offering it completely free to everybody, you're, oh. only, you're only in it for the money. <laughs> oh my God. It's like she charges for what she does. It's like, yes. this, you know, money and mistrust. It's like, yeah, we got to eat. <laughs> I know I've gotten so much hate mail over the years and I, you know, I bless them for sure, but it is astonishing how many people have this, uh, this feeling, mm-hmm. um, about, you know, the evils of money and how it should not mix with spirituality. Right. Uh, but I, yes, you're right. I, I have to eat and that's <laughs> just the reality. And as mother has told me many times over the years, you know, she said, if you had to have another job and this were just a side gig for you, you know, we would not be very effective. You would not have much time and energy. That's the important thing. It takes a lot of energy for me to do what I do. So I can't have like a, you know, 50 hour work week. That's just not how it works for me. And so if I had to have a full-time job, uh, to support this work or to, you know, then to do it for free, I would not be nearly as effective uh, as I, as a channel, as, as I am able to be. Um, so yeah, it takes money to support that. So. Absolutely, Danielle. And also, um, you know, I, I had beautiful Cassandra, uh, a friend of mine on the show recently, and just going over her awakening journey, she's doing amazing things in Sydney with centres and teaching, and and she's speaking to a younger generation, younger than me anyway. And, uh, you know, that leap from having a corporate job that pays you disgusting amounts of money, like <laughs> just huge amounts of money, so you've got this luscious lifestyle, and then jumping out of that into the fire of like, okay, I'm going to go full-time as a healer and a channel and a psychic, mm-hmm. And like totally trusting that you'll be supported in that too, even inside this idea that oh, you've got to help people, it has to be free. You know, even inside that collective thought form, you know, trusting that people will value what you have to offer. Um, and I know Mother Mary, you know, because it's Mother Mary, it's connected to the religious thing and religious yes. be free, even though some of the wealthiest you know, the Catholic church is one of the wealthiest institutions on the planet. But it's great. But that's why, you know, I'm, I'm blessed enough that I can offer free things like my YouTube channel. I love doing my YouTube channel. I have so much fun. And especially now that we're doing these live streams that mother wanted to do these live streams since uh, COVID. 
I mean, we're having a great time. Like I love doing it and it's free. And, you know, so that's, uh, you know, I, I have quite a few things in my community that I offer uh, without charge um, because I think that, yeah, I like, I, I like having that mixture, you know, I like having that mixture. Like today. Okay. I'm just going to open it up to anyone that wants to ask Danielle a question before we bring through mother. Does anyone have a question for Danielle as a, as the healer human person that is doing the work? It's been really amazing because I have to, I have to confess something that uh, I have like the best boss in the world. So <laughs> I pretty much do what she tells me to do. This is all her design. She'll tell me when it's time to, uh, change my website design. She's the one that said, we're doing uh, YouTube videos now. I was like, oh, okay. And this was years ago. I was like, okay, YouTube videos. Great. Let's, let's do that. And so, you know, she, and she always sends to me the people and the resources, whether it's a, a, a webcam or an, uh, someone who knows how to do this or an online course that I'm supposed to take to learn more about it. She just sends it all to me. And, and um, when I first started, of course I had no idea. I had no idea any of this was coming, but I just, I've always gone slowly and I start small and I take my time uh, and I feel my way through it. I, I try to think and feel my way through things. Um, even when I feel like she is nudging me in a certain direction or she's saying, you know, I want this or we need to do that. I'll still sit with it for a while because my mind is great at sort of imitating her. And so I have to be careful that it's not what I, just what I want, because that tends to not go very well when I try to take the reins and do it my way and, you know, kind of assert my self-will to a huge degree, things don't go very well. So um, I do my best to just listen and be open to how she wants to change things. Like uh, I, like just telling uh, Kristen being in Utah recently, this whole thing working with uh, a woman who's been in my community for over a decade, um, now she's begun uh, channeling or being a vessel for Yeshua. And they just, I mean, everything changed almost overnight. I, I normally, this time of the year, I already have my 2021 uh, events planned out. I have the retreats planned out. Nothing. <laughs> I'm in the middle of kind of planning a few things, but she just keeps saying, wait, wait. And they just keep creating things together. Carissa and I had two different retreats planned. She was going to be in Sedona and I was going to be online. And they just have changed all of it. And now it's coming together again for a different experience. So I have learned over the years when it comes to my business that she is in charge first and foremost and it's my job to do my best to stay open and flexible and to trust that when things change, sometimes uh, just out of the blue, that I sit with it and I feel the rightness 
and then I take action. Um, and I try not to be reactive. I try to be more in action uh, or proactive rather than reactive or defensive. Um, so when my fears crop up, when she wants to change things, when my fears crop up, I really take the time to work through them and recognize that they are just my fears. Uh, they don't really have any bearing on the facts or, uh, you know, cause she's never let me down before. She's never left me twisting in the wind or anything like that. She always takes care of me. So, um, so yeah, that's how I, I run my business is through a lot of meditation. <laughs> Um, I just wanted to say I was online last night with a group, uh, another group I belong to called the Vision Keepers, um, where leaders in the conscious community in Australia that are facilitating groups and we support each other. And um, we were talking about how COVID has impacted because many of the Vision Keepers run uh, physical groups, dance classes or singing or, you know, talking or didgeridoo and how COVID just wiped all that out and so many people's businesses just stopped one guy he has a business called he's going to come on the show next year holistic services where he goes into the corporate world and he offers holistic services so like mm. meditation and mindfulness classes and, and massage and all things sort of woo woo to the corporate world you know introducing this energy to the corporate world and all his business just collapsed mm. uh, of course over COVID and you know, running on, we were talking about the Aboriginals call them, so, you know, it's funny, I call my spiritual guides the mob. They call themselves the mob. Aboriginal <laughs> times, like the original people do this. When they organise something, they never plan ahead. They mm -hmm. just like go, right, we're gathering next week and then <laughs> people will come from all over the country and there will be this huge gathering and yep. there's just no structure and no timetable and, and it's kind of like, you know, original time. We're calling the original people now after talking to what's his name on the show recently. Um, can't say, I've forgotten his name. But, yeah, just so trusting, like living in the moment. So we were talking about that, living in the moment and knowing that it's all planned, you know, it's all planned in spirit and we just got to show up in the moment. Yes. And, you know, let it all unfold. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, part of, you know, part of being a, an addict in recovery is um, there are two factors that play a huge role, have played a huge role in my life. One was blame and the other was self-pity. And they just worked like hand and glove together in my life. And they were probably the two most corrosive elements in, in my life. And when I say that she has never let me down, that is not to say that I usually get what I want. I always get what I need, but I don't often get what I want. And that has been a very difficult journey for me. Um, but the irony of course, is that when I get what I need, it's really what I wanted all along. But I often put the cart before the horse. You know, I put my wants first. Well, what do I want? What, and it's very popular. I, and this is, I think this is a tough one. And I don't know, Karen, what you think, or what your experience is with this, but there's like the self-help movement, 
right? The like, everybody can be like super powerful and super, you know, successful and super amazing. And everybody has that inside them. And, and, um, you know, you can have it all. And, and then there's the spiritual journey that is very, is about humility. It's about, um, you know, learning that self-love is about learning i think learning to fulfill our needs and not our wants because my wants like the buddhists call them the, the hungry ghost even when i get what i want it's like oh, it's nice and shiny and great for a few a few hours and then i'm like okay you know it does not have that fulfillment that when my needs are met that it's a completely different feeling for me and so it takes me a while to sit with finding the courage to discover what I need and letting go of what I want. Because as much as part of my mind would like to be that self-help, uh, super successful, and you know, I'm going to have it all and everything's rah, rah. Um, that's actually not what makes me happy. What makes me happy is my devotion and my service. And when I get what I need, I have a clear path for both my devotion and my service. And that's what really fills me with joy. So I think that the question is, or the journey, the discovery is, you know, is it a life of quantity that I want, which is about wants? I want this, I want that, I want this kind of business, I want to do this. Even if I love what I'm doing, it's I have to take it out of what I want and put it into how can I be of service? What is, what is my best path forward for service? Um, not service because to get what I want, but service just for the joy of serving. And so deciding whether I'm going to pursue the sort of self-help path, which I think can be somewhat in conflict with a spiritual path, or that, that for me, that deeper spiritual path. So disappointment is generally because I didn't get what I wanted. I had a vision, I had expectations, I had made assumptions, I had decided that things should be a certain way, and then it didn't happen. And I experienced deep um, disappointment. And I would often slide into the feeling that I had been betrayed, that God had lost my file, that mother really didn't care about me, that, um, you know, they were not from, for me, they were against me. And all of that was just my own stuff swirling around. And when I was able to get really honest about my motivations and had I put my wants before my needs, all of a sudden there's this clarity that comes and, uh, and I can feel the support that's really there. And sometimes I have to be pulled in a different direction in order to really get what I need. And, um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's my experience with what you're describing. And I think personally from my, I've been where you're just described, I've been there so many times, I can't even count how many times I've been there. 
it's one of the best places for me spiritually because it's in that place that I seem to get cracked wide open. And all of a sudden there's more room for myself to breathe. There's more possibility because I'm not so limited in my expectations. But all of a sudden I think, okay, well, if you don't want me here, mother, where do you want me? You know, and all of a sudden this whole realm of possibility starts to open up. And if I trust her and that inner guidance that comes when I'm aligned with her, or the divine, not just Mother Mary, but the divine, um, then my life is just happier. I have, it's less stress. I don't have to figure it out. Okay, that's been my long rambling thing. That's what I'm coming to here. I don't have to figure it out. And this also piggybacks on the question from Vladdy. If I show, this is all she asked me to do, show up, be as open as I possibly can, and be as willing as I can possibly be willing to follow her guidance. And she does all the rest. She takes care of all the details. She does all the rest. And I know that sounds fantastical, but that is in fact my experience. Um, and when I try to take control and try to try to make it what I want, I just, just obstacle after obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. I'm struggling, I'm struggling, I'm struggling. So one path works well for me and the other does not. Mm. Uh, but that's just, you know, for me personally. I just, I just want to add to that too. Uh, in the last year or so, I've had an endless frustration as I watch other people's YouTube um, shows just climb in numbers. You know, they'll start it a year ago, two years ago, and they've got 50,000, 100,000, 200,000 subscribers. And I'm looking going, God, and they're seemingly having the same conversation that I'm having. They're either doing podcast shows or they're doing their own teachings. And then I kind of go, why is mine not climbing like theirs? Like I've been on YouTube for, you can get this right. I've been on YouTube for 11 years, not necessarily doing what I'm doing now, but I've had the channel for a long time. It's got good standing. Um, and I just rack my brain like, why, why, why? Talk about those puzzle pieces. Anyway, it dropped in the other day that I um, have enough people to feel already overwhelmed who are reaching out to me. Would I really want 100,000 subscribers? That would mean, or 200,000 subscribers, that would mean that there would be 10 times, 100 times more people emailing me than do now. How overwhelmed would you be then? And just going back to what you said, Danielle, um, what you want and what you need. So what I want is I want this message to spread and I want as many people as possible to hear what uh, people share on my shows and what I share. And, you know, I want as many people as possible to tune into this information. That's what I want. Um, what I need is not that's to feel right. in overwhelm. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's a beautiful example, Karen. That is absolutely a beautiful example. Thank you for sharing that. That just sums it up right there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, and coming back to the journey of self-love, you know, of overwhelm and feeling not good enough, you know, uh, like, like Sarah's like, what's wrong with me? Why does nobody want to kind of like, listen to me? And that, that's that, am I good enough story, bogus story is all pointing to how we're not loving ourselves, how we're, we're buying into the BS, right? Yeah. <laughs> so when you're, when you've, 
kind of come to a, a level of self-love where that BS doesn't exist anymore. That competition, like why have they got 100,000 subscribers and they've only been on YouTube for a year? You know, that's competition mindset. When that doesn't exist anymore, that comparison mindset, then you know that you're just living and entrenched and seated in self-love that it's all good if I speak to one person and it that's makes right. a shift, it's just perfect and beautiful and get out of it needs to be a hundred thousand two hundred thousand a million you know like get out of that comp that comparison mindset it's just so much bs and i'm just saying this to myself i'm just reminding myself yeah yeah i'm giving this you know, you're, it, when you're in service you don't get to decide what the service is you don't get to decide how it's received how many people receive it you don't get to decide what they think of it um uh, praise or derision, uh, you're there to serve. And it's a very different mindset than the success, gotta have big numbers kind of mindset. And, um, and, and not many people are excited about that mindset because there's that fear that we're not gonna be taken care of. Uh, you know, only having a few hundred subscribers is not gonna pay the bills, you know, all that kind of stuff. And yet, the bills get paid. There's some money in the bank. You know, uh, I don't have a big retirement fund, but it's slowly, you know, I'm slowly adding to it as I pay my mortgage and save my money to send my son to college. And you know, so it's like, it's just little bit, but it's, it's building and that's all I need. You know, I, I don't need a lot. And I find that the deeper I go into this work, I need less and less in my life Absolutely. outside. Absolutely. So, you know, who, who hears it, who receives it, who comes to it, I have absolutely no control over it. So yeah. letting go of that control is so freeing. Oh, it's God, so yeah. freeing. Absolutely. And the miracle mindset of, you know, the human mindset is save for a rainy day or for your retirement or to put your son in college. And then the miracle mindset is what you need comes at the time that you need it. I remember Deepak, Deepak Chopra saying, like your son might say, I don't want to go to college, mum. And then he wakes up one day and says, yeah. And you go, oh, well, I don't have any money to send you. And then somebody says, I see you need, your son wants to go to college. Let me give you a couple of hundred thousand dollars. Exactly. Like, it just, it's just amazing how that happens. That happened to me with my second husband. We got married in a spiritual um, ceremony. We, we didn't want presents. We didn't want honeymoons. And then a, a client who became a friend said, I want to give you a honeymoon. Let me give you $40,000 so you can go away because we had that money. It's like, okay. <laughs> it's exactly. Like, that's, that's exactly what happens. Yes. 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 That has yes. been my experience. That the money doesn't come. Uh, that's the old control mindset. The money doesn't always come directly from, okay, I make this effort and I get this back. It, it can come from any place and it has over the years. I mean, that's Absolutely. part of how she takes care of me is I, you know, it just shows up. Absolutely. I, I have to do my part. I have to be a good steward to her, to the month. Cause it's really her money. <laughs> I'm just the steward, you know. You know, you and her are one anyway, but we're talking to you at the moment. I, there is a definite, um, we'll bring her in in a minute, but there is a definite uh, shift in personalities and ideas and belief systems and everything when I talk to you and when I talk to her. Uh, okay, do we want to bring mother in? Yeah, sounds yeah. good. 
Right. So I just invite you all, if you'd like to, don't have to, but if you'd like to, if you want to close your eyes and just breathe with me as I bring mother into my body, she often just takes up the whole space. <laughs> so you might feel her in the room with you too. Uh, maybe not, just depends uh, on your relationship and your willingness. But if you'd like, just close your eyes and take some deep breaths. Namaste. Thank you all so much. It was great to meet you. Bye-bye. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank, thank you so much, Bye. everybody, for time. joining. Thanks for yep. joining, John. It was lovely to meet you in France, staying up so late. Génial. Merci beaucoup. Thank you, everyone. Merci beaucoup. Don't you love that accent? Merci. Bonsoir. Thank you. It was great. Thank you, everybody. Bonsoir. Nice to see you all. Bye, everyone. Nice to meet you, Alicia. Have a great week. Big love to you. Love you all. Thank you, everybody, for being you and being amazing. Bye, Karen. Love you. Love you. Have a great time, Karen. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. Ciao.